Create Art Podcast. Creativity in a Pandemic. Hello, friend. This is Timothy Kim O'Brien, head instigator at Create Art Podcast, where I bring 20 years of experience in the art world under various disciplines to help you create more than you consume. Today's episode, we're going to be speaking with York Campbell of Poetic Earthlings Podcast. Now, you can get over to his podcast at PoeticEarthlings.com. And we're going to be talking about how he's being creative during a pandemic. We're also going to be you know, exploring his show and seeing what makes it tick. And then we're going to also be talking about creativity in regards to his job. So sit back and enjoy the episode. And speaking about creativity, we're part of the Gagopod Network. And you can reach out to us at gagopod.com. And this is where Kyle Bondo and myself help creatives tell their story through the power of podcasting. Our flagship show, Podrect, helps you to survive your podcast. So if you've ever wanted to know how to run a podcast and avoid a lot of the costly mistakes that can happen, go to podrect.com. Or if you want to see all of our other shows, gagopod.com. Now, on to York. York, how are you doing today? I'm doing very good. How are you doing, Tim? It, it's a beautiful day here out here in Virginia. We've got 100 degrees. Um, thankfully, I'm not sweating too much. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. That's great. Well, it's a fantastic day here in Ottawa, Ottawa, Canada. And so um, I've always wanted to be on your show. Huge fan of your other shows. So I'm definitely looking forward to this. Well, York, I, I got to say, I'm, I, when I found uh, Portic Earthlings, uh, I was. Uh, it felt like a kindred spirit uh, for me oh. because you do a lot of interesting things on on your show, a lot of creative things on your show, and of course, you know, create our podcast. Here we are. Um, so the uh, the the universe has brought us together, which is a good thing. I want to jump right in here with it because I I, I got to pick your brain. I really do because <laughs> this is this is a treat for me, folks. This is a treat for me. I get to talk to somebody that gets it. All right. Okay. Um, good. We we should do video of this because I you know I've got my hands going all over the place so uh, I'm right. excited to do this one now as as we're talking here um, obviously the world is in a uh, is in a pandemic and all that and, and so I'm going to bring yeah. the elephant in the room right right off the bat here sure I'd like to know York how do you keep your creativity fresh in the face of everything that's going on you know we we have lots of time and we have different motivations. But how do you keep this fresh? I keep it fresh by looking at the everything that's happening around me and not necessarily talking about it on the show, but even negative things. It gives, gives me an inspiration. It gives me an inspiration of, of stories, what to write, supernatural stories, science fiction, what have you. So... That's how I get it from. I could get it from positive experiences and also even also even with a global pandemic and, and negative experience as that as well. But I with the show, with Poetic Earthlings, I it's it's sort of a balance. I don't want to bring in all of the world issues on my show mm-hmm. and talk about, you know, the pandemic and everything else. At the same time, I touch on it here and there, but it's a show for, I guess, an escape, if you will. It's mm-hmm. it's a thought provoking, in, intellectual, uh, some sometimes a spiritual show, 
that that does touch on issues, but not but not too heavy, because there's other shows people could listen to about about the, the global affairs and political and political uh, hijinks and you know in in in, in offices or whatever it is. So my show is a little bit different than that. And that that's the hard part. That's a tough part because of the global pandemic tough. and everything else. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, it, it, it occupies everybody's uh, uh, mind, mind space and w- w- with your creativity and with your show and uh, with the stories that you're writing, how do you uh, break through that? You know, because there's a lot of attention uh, being drawn to it. And, you know, again, my first question was, you know, how do you be creative in a pandemic like this? Um, but how do you break through that to your audience? I try to, I try to put some, some humor, if you will, into, mm-hmm. into it here and there, not to make it too heavy as it is heavy, touching it lightly. There is a. I'll give you an example. Remember with the with the toilet paper incident, and people were fighting over toilet paper. It was really nasty. All right. Mm-hmm. So on one on one of one of my episodes, at the end of the episode, I, I I pieced together different different news reels of people fighting over toilet paper and what's going on here and all oh, the humanity and 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 I mixed it in in such a way to make it kind of quirky and silly. I even had Elaine from 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 Seinfeld there there there's a part there's a part there's one one of the episodes when she was in the bathroom stall she ran out of toilet paper she asked the uh the lady beside her in the other stall she's like excuse me can you i just need uh two pieces i just need one piece and the other lady says i'm all out and she says just one piece i'm all out and so i i put in that into the show as well and mm-hmm. and just just to make a little a, a little a little bit of, of of a fun of what's going on but at the same time a little bit of hey how come we're treating each other like this where we're fighting in the aisles mm-hmm. where we're doing we're doing things that just goes against our our humanity against being being earthlings as the show talks about about us mm-hmm. being seeing each other as earthlings not as divided not not with a whole bunch of labels and and not not us demonizing the other side but but learning from the other side and in general that's what that's what my show is about so whenever i whenever i try to create art in this global pandemic i like to think of us all on one spaceship which is earth itself and how we could and how we could treat each other in in a more humane way absolutely and and that uh that really uh breaks through on your episodes i remember uh the toilet paper episode i actually we were running out of toilet paper here and um we had enough at home but i was like we're gonna run out soon and i went on to staples website and bought 100 rolls of toilet paper oh (laughs) the the really bad stuff, the two ply stuff, and uh, wow, yeah, I went out and bought that, and we're still using it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So your show inspired me to go do that. <laughs> <laughs> so when I, yeah, so when when I go to get toilet paper, I know who who took all the toilet paper. Hey, it's Tim. Tim That's got me. all the toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can come on over. You can use as much of it as you want to use. Now, oh, okay. for you, York, that's that's fine. Anybody else, you got to pay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I'd like to uh, 
uh, kind of dive into uh, your show as a whole, um, kind of outside the pandemic uh, that, that we're all facing right now, and just kind of focus a little bit on your show. What is the goal of uh, Poetic Earthlings? You know, when somebody listens to that, uh, to, to your show, to any of the episodes, or if they go ahead and binge to mm-hmm. all the episodes, which is what they should do. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, there's 24 hours in a day. I'm, you know, I, you know, promoting the whole 30 hour day, but <laughs> right. um, when somebody listens uh, to your show, wh- what goal do you have uh, for, for creating that show? My goal is for them to see the world in a different point of view, to make them uncomfortable. When I write the episodes, I don't agree with all of the material. Now, that might sound kind of crazy. I don't agree with all of the views, all the philosophical views. But I take on those those voices. I I see, say, for instance, there's a, the Flat Earth community. I don't agree with the Flat Earthers. I respect them, though. I listen to their, I listen to their shows, and I watch the documentary on YouTube. Very fascinating. And I, and I put all of those into a story, which you'll probably hear eventually on my show. And sometimes it's, it's good. It's, it's good to get a little bit uncomfortable. It's good to, mm-hmm. to think outside, of our, outside of, our, of our circle. So what I would like for people to feel is how I feel. Inspired, motivated, challenged, afraid at times. Not intentionally, but sometimes, you know, things, are, things are in life are a little bit daunting. And but also comforting. I, I I do my best with everything on the show, the sound effects, the the different voices, the clips, to uh, to be not just challenging but soothing, therapeutic. And when they come through the other side of the other ten twenty minutes or however long that particular episode is, they will get a little bit something from it. At least they will say, okay, this this world that I'm inhabiting may not be the way that I think it is because I'm so conditioned to seeing it based on my own view. Now, York, uh, the host or the poetic earthlings, he's challenged me to see it based on a 16-year-old blonde girl in California that's, that's, that's addicted to crack. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, or he's challenged me to see it from a 75-year-old man in China that lives along uh, that lives alone in a cave so again that may be a little bit comfortable or maybe comforting depending on how you look at it mm. so I like to be challenged I, that's good. I, but 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 I'm a weird one like that I gotta admit I'm a weird one like that <laughs> right. York, speaking about um, you know me and 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 uh, and other people and you have goals for your audience member how do you describe your audience who's the typical person or is there a typical person that listens to poetic earthlings I, I gotta step out of that picture because I'm not a typical person <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> well I, I think the typical audience member is uh, somebody that's extremely curious about how things work about why they're here, uh, the purpose behind everything, uh, a person that's able to to look at something very simple, but but ask questions about it, about its nature, about about. Let's take take for instance a simple thing as a as a spider. <laughs> I I, mm-hmm. I like I like spiders, and uh, there's just one time I was. I was at the bus shelter waiting, and I was saw, saw the spider spinning its web 
and I thought of a whole story or, uh, about the spider. I was just staring at it. And it may may have seemed ridiculous for other people. Why is this guy looking at a spider's web? But I was fascinated. Mm-hmm. I was take I was taken in, and that whole uh, that whole looking at the spider it related to a lot of other stories and some of the things that you may hear on the Poetic Earthling show. There's little tangents. There's little tie-ins. So the the ideal audience is a person that's extremely uh, curious about the nature of life. So that's who, that's who that person is. Perfect. And, you know, I, you know me, I listen to a lot of Seth Godin and one of his things is, you know, the stuff that you put out isn't for everybody. Um, and it sounds like, that's true. You know, the the podcast, uh, I think I'm very confident that anyone that listens to this podcast is going to pop on over to yours. And folks, remember, it's at PoeticEarthlings.com. If you go on over to York's podcast, you're going to find something in there that's going to challenge the way you think a little bit. And not one thing that I really like about uh, your show, uh, York, is that you challenge the way people think. You, You challenge people's perceptions. And it's not in a forceful way. It's not a... um you know, you punch them in the face, uh, right. like some writers do, but it's that gentle nurturing thing that really draws somebody in and oh, that style that, that you do, how did you cultivate that style? Because I know when I first started, I was all, when I was a young teenage guy, I was like, punch them in the face, make a, you know, make a big <laughs> scene splash, you know, all the tensions on me. And then I wonder why no one is paying attention to my stuff. And then I, I hear your stuff and I'm like, I want to hear more. I want to hear more. And we're going to talk about more later on, but <laughs> how did you cultivate that style? I think it comes from being broken yourself, understanding your, your own shortcomings so that you could best understand other people's shortcomings. I think it's coming from taking a step back and looking at the big picture, it's really easy to to criticize. It really is, like especially in, in today's in today's what I call cancel culture. Mm-hmm. I believe cancel culture is definitely real, and it's if somebody if somebody does something that's a little bit off center or that's that's a little bit not on the mark, where we're quick to take out our knives. We're we're quick to dismiss that individual. I, I think there is a there's a, a lack of grace. And when I when I was much much younger as well, I, I believe I had a, a lack of grace or a lack of compassion. But you, you you know when you get older in time, then you start to see things a, a, little, a little bit better. At least at least I did, and that and that influenced my writing. And and so I went in with the writing and with the show a couple of levels uh, deeper. I was on one level where where I saw the universe just based on me. And then I said, well, that's not, that's not very good. What about other people? And then I listened to, I listened to other podcasters and, and different, different creative types. Some of them are very militant in their, in their view very militant. I, I, I appreciate what they're saying, but I didn't appreciate the tone. It didn't, it didn't pull everyone in. It pulled in a certain demographic and, but it it was divisive. It was, 
it was almost toxic to other people. I'm talking about poets and even science fiction writers and, and those type of people. So, mm-hmm. so then I said, well, I can't, I can't do my show based on that. It's, it's not, it's not very inviting. Mm-hmm. So I did my very best at least. And you could, you, you could attest to this to, to make sure that I'm pulling people in rather than calling people out in our cancer culture. It's easy to call people out because people mess up all the time. People sin all the time. People just say ridiculous things and they act in a certain way. And you could call them out for that, which is okay. But calling people in, that's, that, takes a, that takes a little bit more compassion. It takes a little bit more understanding to see what that person, who that person is. That is true. That is true. And that's how you bring that audience in. Because then they feel as part of a community. Any artist can actually do that by... Uh, by bringing people in, by making them not necessarily feel comfortable. De- definitely, there's uh, aspects of the podcast that yeah. are uncomfortable. Uh, the one that um, that uh, made me a little uncomfortable because of how true it was was the um, uh, the women's wrestling uh, one, oh, uh, the uh, micro oh, yeah. episode that you did. Yeah, because um, yeah. I used to be guilty. I used to watch women's wrestling. <laughs> oh, yeah. for, for not good reasons. <laughs> no, I know. That was uncomfortable. But, uh, <laughs> but that was uncomfortable. But, you know, it really it, it, it took me back to a time when I used to watch women's wrestling like that. And I was like, okay. I, and it helped me go, look how far you've come. Um, you know, you, you did that a long time ago. And this is back in my punk rock days, my, you know, angry, <laughs> you know, in everyone's face days. And now I get the pleasure of, you know, talking with you. And, uh, you know, age uh, and uh, immaturity and um, experience through life has helped me mellow out. And I kind of take my key from you on bringing people in. I can beat people over the head with, you got to do art, you got to do art. But with everything that's going on in the world, pandemic aside, you know, I I have a, you know, nine to five job. You've got a job that you've got to go to. Yeah. you know, it's adding in that uh, creativity and that artistic side. A lot of people don't have time for it. And speaking about that time, how do you fit in your art with um, with your everyday work uh, that you're doing? Do you find ways being an artist, being a podcaster, which I think yeah. podcasters are artists, do you find ways that you can insert that into uh, to work and um, yeah, I do. Make it, I make I've, it a better experience. Yeah, I do. I find with with myself, I I have I have a teenage teenage son, and you know life life is life is busy. You have you have two daughters, so that's you don't have a lot of two two <laughs> twins. I think you said so. You don't you don't mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of time on your hand either. But this is this is our passion. This is something that we really enjoy. And if it's our passion, then we'll find the time. And so I do a lot of my 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 thinking, my writing about the show overnight. Uh, thankfully, I I have I work overnight, and 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 I have a I have a job that allows me some some flexibility, at least to you know to, you know, to ponder strange alien beings and and to ponder 
uh, time travelers from from other dimensions. And so I do some of some of the writing overnight on the weekends. I have two jobs, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I have two jobs, but 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 both jobs they complement each other. So on the weekends, I do a lot of editing uh, for the show. So I I do my very best to I do my very my very best to make time where wherever I can. Perfect, perfect. And we had actually uh, on our last episode we talked about giving yourself time and especially time for reflection, reju- rejuvenation. And, uh, you know, from your creativity and it helps your creativity. If you give yourself that time to rest, relax, recharge, and then come back at it, uh, like gangbusters. Yeah. It's important. It's important to give yourself that time. And before I didn't really give myself a whole bunch of time, meaning that I was always working on the podcast Mm -hmm. all the time. And that it was, it, it could become a problem. Your, your artwork Anyone's artwork could uh, could negative negatively affect your marriage if you're not careful. Your your children, uh, your your health as well. Mm-hmm. So there's 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 warning signs, and we have to be we have to be mindful of those. Absolutely. And if you need to take a nap in the middle of the day, you need to take a nap in the middle of the day. Yeah, need to. <laughs> it's important. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. I may be an old fogey, but I need my nap sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because my other job is being a full-time dad and you've got three full-time jobs now, you know, being a dad yourself. So, um, that's, that is very important. It is. So using, uh, podcasting now, podcasting has been going on since 2004 and, uh, you know, people know my history with podcasting. I've, done stuff since 2006 poorly and then past couple years i've uh, actually learned how to do it and do it better but uh using podcasting uh with combined with your stories has that impacted your uh, your writing uh and your art so are you writing stories for the podcast or are you writing stories that get turned into a podcast oh that's a very good question Mm -hmm. when i started out i was reading the the stories and in a way where people sit around a campfire somebody uh, is taking out a book and say okay this happened so and so long time ago and and that style which which is fine but it wasn't really for me so i had to retool things organically i did so what i mean is that now when i write for the podcast it's with intent. It's intentional because a, a an audio drama or a story, it, when you hear it, it's different than the written word. I didn't know that. It's mm-hmm. it, it lands on the on the listeners different. You 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 leave out certain details. There was a lot of details that just could have been it could have been left out. It's not needed. But when you're writing a story, yeah, you want to put those things in. And with uh, with an audio drama, there is voice reflections. There, there reflect. There is the sound editing. There is all all different sound effects to push the narrative forward. Mm-hmm. And so i I tend to I write for for the podcast. If I were to convert that into a book, and I I do have a book called Universe Splendor. A lot of the the a lot of the ideas. Uh, the stake is taken from that book, but I 
it's different when you read it than when you when you listen to it. And also, I do a lot of uh, here and there some some ab libbing. Mm-hmm. So I may have the story all all planned out, ready to hit record, and then a, a, a scene comes on, and some of the lines are are are, are made up on the spot. Mm-hmm. That's where that's where the magic is 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 when is when I could do some ab libbing. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, I I, uh, I did uh, a lot of improv in Chicago when I lived in Chicago. Yeah, and um, we would practice. I mean, we would have uh, you know scripts written out, but um, it was a improv troupe, so we would um, go on stage. Kind of, you know, we know we're going from a, point A to point B, but the fun happened right in between A and B. What, yeah, you know, whatever happened there, that was the stuff that, uh, as an actor, yeah, we had a great time with. And the audience absolutely just ate it up, and they loved it. So I, you know, with your show, um, sometimes I do want to, you know, kind of peek behind and go. Now I want to go. Is that ad libbed or is that is that written <laughs> down? You know. So now right. I've got to, I've got to re-listen to your entire show. It's on poeticearthlings.com, folks. So definitely, yeah. you know, uh, copy down all the notes that you can and and, and find out and, and and reach out to York here and, and find out if you can guess. Uh, and hey. if you can't guess, then you need to get his, uh, then I, you need to give him, you need to go buy him a cup of coffee. Ah, that's right. That's right. I do that. I do the cup of coffee on my show. You've been listening. <laughs> now, yes, everything, I have. everything that you're saying, it reminds me of a show called, I, I, I got into the show recently. Everyone, mm-hmm. everyone is, is into this particular show and I didn't know why it's a, a they like it so much. It's, it's, it's called The Office. Mm-hmm. So I started started watching it, and then I started listening to a, a podcast about the office from the from from the two from from the two uh, hosts, uh, the two stars of that show. On that podcast, it's called The Office Ladies. Uh, they uh, they talk about certain scenes, uh, what was what was scripted, what was what was unscripted, uh, the camera angles, uh, the thought behind each each scene. They bring in sometimes the writers or other other cast members. It's really really fascinating, and they and and there's and sometimes they're saying that the the magic came in when Steve Carell, I think his name is, or or, or other or other people uh, went went off script, and and it was those those moments were were one of the most amazing moments of of the show, and yeah. so I so I I try to do that as well. I don't do that. I don't think I do that intentionally. It just kind of works out that way. Especially if you listen to my show, I, 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 I change up my voice here, here and there. <laughs> I, you know, I, as there's this one person that's supposed to be, uh, uh some, I, I said to my show, he, he reminds me of, uh, he, he, he's a cross between, uh, Macho Man, Randy Savage, and I think I said Santa Claus or something. I, <laughs> yeah, and and he's from he's from a European nation, but pro- an obscure New- European nation that only has one Olympic player. And so then, so I pretended that I was that guy with with some kind of strange European accent. Mm-hmm. So it's it's fun. And then that was, some of that was ablibbed. Probably all of that part was ablibbed. 
you know, and, and that's the whole suspension of disbelief um, that, um, you know, back in my theater background, um, you, we have to have that suspension of disbelief and you do it so well in, in an audio drama. I don't do audio dramas oh, okay. uh, yet, yes. uh, but um, if I do one, uh, I, I know who to uh to call up now i uh, before stephen king does and uh <laughs> <laughs> right yeah you know, mean, before stephen king you know laps you up for his next book <laughs> oh oh wouldn't wouldn't that be good oh oh yeah yeah well and, I've, uh, I've got him on speed dial right here so i'm gonna give him a call for you not too oh, easy <laughs> man that would be so nice <laughs> forget about forget, so, forget about poetic earthlings after that eh well, Forget- yeah, I don't think you, you just put it on hiatus for a while, and, and you and you make sure that Stephen King pays you enough to keep it on hiatus, plus whatever you know you need for uh, the voiceover work on that, and, and you'll be good to go. Yeah. You only toss me ten percent, you know, just because my oh, idea is like that. I'll, I only take for you five percent. I'm good. Oh, with that. okay. Well, you- <laughs> Too cool. Um, one thing I did want to bring up that uh, when I was going through your backlog uh, of, of, of podcasts is um, you and I actually share something quite interesting uh, that I'm not sure you're aware of. Um, and that is we've both been reviewed uh, by Dave Jackson. Uh, the, oh, yeah. Uh, podcast radio show. Yep. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I've I've met Dave Jackson in person, and um, and he uh, did not like my show uh, because I I actually right. sent him the wrong show. I I thought I sent him the right show, but uh, when he reviewed me, it made sense. And because uh, I I sent him a uh, the first uh, of a three parter um, of a, a show where I was talking about uh, uh, National Poetry Writing Month. Yeah, and uh, and he was slamming me because he's like nobody talks about poetry, and I'm hmm. like, I do. <laughs> yeah, That's part of what my show is about, you know, there's there's some logic and all that kind of stuff behind poetry. So you and I have actually been on uh, podcast radio show. Uh, yes, we were a couple of months apart, but. Uh, that's something that we can, you know, uh, put up on our wall and go, <laughs> we've both been critiqued by Dave Jackson. Hall of Fame, Dave Jackson. He owes me a yes. bucks every time I say yes. that. <laughs> Hall of Fame, J- yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, he, he, when I was on his show, or, or, or I put my material on his show, one of the episodes, it was, it, it, I, I put on, I think it was a part two or part three, and I should have put on the first the first one because it was a, a three a three part series, so mm-hmm. I put on the third the third part, and even before I did that, I was a little bit hesitant because I know he's he's a neat guy. I like I like mm-hmm. his show. I listened to a, a couple of other different podcasts from him, but I said he is not into audio dramas. Mm-hmm. But I but I wouldn't mind getting an honest opinion. Mm-hmm. Rather than just asking mom, because I did ask my mom, <laughs> right? <laughs> and my mom said, "Oh dear, I love it. I love it. She loves everything mm-hmm. that I do." It's mom, of course. So, yeah. yeah. So I paid my couple, of, my couple of bucks. That's that's a dirty little secret. You gotta you gotta pay to be on that show. But I but I, I paid anyway. So it wasn't a lot of money. It didn't break the bank. Like five bucks. But mm-hmm. That's what it was then. And I said, "Well, he's probably not gonna like it." But I prepared myself. And you know what? Uh, to cut to the chase here, he did not like it. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. I, 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 got, I got the big X at the end. I could have, I could have, I could have broken into a, a million pieces and not show my face again. And, but I listened to his comments. I, I replayed 
replayed it and then I took note of things that I things that I could change and and things that I could leave in and also I said well he is not the target audience because he's not I have a certain have a certain audience member in mind and he doesn't fit the scale but uh, he's good at what he does he's good at he's good at the technicalities of, of podcasting so I took those technicalities and I made a couple of changes and I'm really glad that I did that rather than just dismissing everything and saying, well, he's not the target audience, so I'm going to move on. Mm-hmm. I still, I still, still listen to it, to what he said. So yeah. Hey, you and I, we have that in common. Did you get an mm-hmm. X or? Uh, oh yeah. Oh, I got a hard X. <laughs> oh, I got a very right. hard, I got so such a hard X that he was like, why do you even call it KDOI? Chemo's den of iniquity. That does, it sounds like a radio station to me. You know, and I remember that, that episode. I remember that yeah. one. <laughs> and that's what kind of uh, that was part of the impetus to uh, change the name from from that to create our podcast, which we have today. Yeah, and as I said before, we started recording. It's really good. It's really good that you changed the name. I used mm-hmm. to listen to your show when it was KDO. I see. I even have a hard time remembering it, <laughs> but I yep. used to. I used to. Yeah, I used to listen to it. And it took me a while to figure out what does this mean. So when I was listening to your show, the title of it was interfering because I kept mm-hmm. on trying to break down the meaning of of what is KDOI. Is it a what's going on here? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm missing your your what, what Tim has to say because I'm just so caught up with the title. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. so it was exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a good idea on your part to to listen to some some words of wisdom and. And, and make some changes in that in, the, in that direction. Absolutely, absolutely. One thing I wanted to ask you about too is um, with uh, you know it, it, it takes a lot of bravery. Um, yeah, it's five bucks to get Dave to go ahead and review your show. That's fine and dandy, but it does take a lot of bravery to yeah. um, to do that with somebody that is a hall of famer. He doesn't owe me a hundred bucks for that. I won't charge him. <laughs> Because gosh knows he he knows he owes me a lot of money. Oh, I say he, it all the time. He, he, <laughs> oh yeah, he he owes you tons and tons of money. <laughs> he, he's going to buy my next microphone. I'm just saying. I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. Dave. You owe me a microphone. But it does take a lot of bravery to um, put yourself out there, and uh, with with your show, uh, Poetic Earthlings, uh, and folks, you can find it at poeticearthlings.com. Um, it takes a lot of bravery to put those ideas out there because yes, mom is going to love the show, but yeah. we do it more. Uh, we, we do it for mom because we only got to do it for mom, but we, we also do it for our audience. Uh, that's right. That, that's out there. And can you speak a little bit uh, to the bravery uh, that, that you're showing with it, you know, from show number one to going into season number two um, has, has doing the show increased your bravery um and and increased your um knowledge well with production knowledge mm-hmm. obviously that happens yeah but how how has that journey been for you yeah it's it's increased my my bravery every every episode sometimes i say well this is the most scary episode even before i, I hit the record button how is this gonna how is this gonna go with my audience and a good example of this, the last episode that I did is called Confidence Killer. And that was from the, the if you listen to that particular episode, 
it's a departure from the other ones. It seems like it's it's violent, it's vicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the language that's used, it, just just everything everything about that, and that may that may turn people away. And I would, and I thought, well, should I really record that? Confidence killer is not what it seems. You may hear the show, but it ha- that that episode, but it has a deeper meaning to it, a much a much deeper meaning. But with that, with that, with that, with that, take away my audience. Then I said, no, I'm not going to put that one out. Not confidence killer. I'll put this one out because it's a little it's a little softer. I'll put the one about hockey. You know, I'm Canadian. A lot of people are into hockey in Canada. It's it's a lighter piece, which I may do, by the way. Uh, and then, so, and then I said, "Well, and I said no. I, I I need to do this one. I I need to. It's 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 revealing. It's so it's a little bit angry, right? It's not. So then I I did that. So every every episode I I find is is sometimes it, it's it works in a scale. It's it, it increases the the difficulty, the production level, uh, the the honesty as well, uh, the." <laughs> the wackiness. <laughs> mm. I take I, I I I take I take a chance and just just make it totally totally weird, like really out there, and knowing that people will just turn it off. But even if they do, that's all right. They don't have to listen to every every episode. Uh, just like me, when it comes to certain podcasters, I don't have to listen to every single episode. Mm-hmm. So I, but I but I keep on listening. I keep on listening to to their next to their next stuff. Now, mm-hmm. with Confidence Killer, just going back to that episode since that that was the latest one, I put a I put a graphic up on on Twitter to promote the show. And this one of my all time one one of my dearest listeners from she she's she's really sweet. She she's been listening almost since day one of my show. Well, she unfriended me or she stopped following me on Twitter abruptly. Mm-hmm. So I, I reached out to her and I said, how can you stop following me? What's what's going on? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, I don't like the uh, confidence killer or the, or the graphic that, that you put up. It looks violent and I'm totally against violence. Mm-hmm. So I said to her, I can understand that. You know, she, I think she's a pacifist at heart. I think she is. She, you know, she's sure. she's a beautiful soul, beautiful woman. Uh, so I, I, I could I could understand that. I said. It's, but then I was thinking it's just not for her. That, that I'm not sure if she listened to it, but that particular one is not for her. When I when I finished communicating with her, I had a I had a thought in mind, I, and this was a scary thought. And I'm glad that I didn't buy into this. I said, well, I should probably take down the graphic just to please her. Take down the advertising because it looks a little bit violent. I don't mean it to be violent. It has a deeper meaning. But I left it up there, and then I had another, even even a more dangerous thought than that, that says, "Okay, my next episode, just to please this this lady, it's not it's going to be a more happier tone. It's going to be something that she likes, or her kind of like an old favorite, but so that like a, a comfortable pair of shoes, if you will, so that she could so she could feel good again. Mm-hmm. But if I were to do that, she will have my the whole show hostage." It, it, it's a hostage negotiation. And so I would be kind of playing into her hands, even though she's probably the most, probably the most uh, oldest and faithful listener to the show. 
but I'll be playing into her. And then what would my show be? Everything that I produce from here on in would be how does what what would she think? Oh, I can't I can't put this line line in. I can't talk about this philosophical idea perspective. Oh, it's a little bit violent. I a little bit violent. I I got to take that out. Mm. Oh, too many aliens. Shroba doesn't like too many <laughs> aliens in the story, so I got to take some of them out. Too much mm. time traveling. That that would be kind of weird for her cuz you know, she's uh, she's probably not into that. So that would be the killer. Mm-hmm. And, and for our, all of our listeners out there that are creating art, you, you can't have it just based on one person's opinion, even if it's somebody that you love and, and you appreciate as, as a human being. You, you can't have your show held hostage by that, by that person. I agree. I, I definitely agree because then are you making it for you or are you making it for that one other person? And the rest of your audience may totally disagree with that and go, Hey, look, you know, uh, you know, confidence killer was fine. Um, I, you know, myself, I've seen violence like that. So I'm a little bit, I I will admit uh, I'm desensitized to it somewhat. So some of it, you know, kind of doesn't go over my head, but because I've seen it, um, I just got done reading a book, um, and it's by this uh, French anarchist back in the 1800s, late uh, 1800s, early 1900s. And he wrote um, uh, little stories in the newspaper. Uh, they're called three-line novels. Oh, okay. And uh, half of them are, well, over half of them are of people dying. And it's right. like, you know, he wrote thousands of these and got it published in the paper. And, you know, it was just, it was kind of like he was reporting the news, like, uh, Associated Press, um, reports the news, uh, whenever you, uh, go online or, uh, look at your newspaper, you see something that says AP, uh, Newswire or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Associated Press. Yep. Yep. And so he was doing that. And, uh, I, I went through about 150 pages of that, um, yeah, I just read a book like that, and um, it kind of desensitized me. I'm originally from Chicago, so I've seen a lot of violence like that. So for me, it wasn't too much, but I could see that episode would be something that I wouldn't necessarily start somebody off in on with Poetic Earthlings. I would you know, start them off on a different episode and then bring them into uh, that episode. Yeah. Um, but I, I think if we let one person dictate uh what we do uh for our art that really is uh like you said it's holding us uh, hostage and we're not being honest with our audience because life is it, it can be messy it can be violent it can also be extremely beautiful very spiritual and very yes. uh, uplifting and rewarding that's right um and i i think uh, as I age and mature and, uh, grow as a person, you know, back in my punk rock days, it was all, Arr! I mean, even my t-shirt is, you know, I've got a skull, I wear skull t-shirts cause skulls oh. are always smiling to me. Um, wow. yeah, my skull t-shirt that, uh, it's got headphones on and it's bleeding. <laughs> right. Um, I wear it around my kids. My kids have grown up around skulls. Skulls are always smiling. That's, that's how we approach it. Um, huh. A lot of people are, are afraid of skulls. Could be an idea for your show. That's so um, that's so different than me because when it comes to skulls, I, I even wrote about that on on on, on one on one of my stories. Uh, it, it was called. 
yeah anyways it, it it was about skulls and how and 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 how that came into fashion and and now now it's even on 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 boys undies <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's everywhere and then I, in the story i said pretty soon uh the maple leaf flag because i'm in canada will will be replaced by skull <laughs> you know will be replaced by the jolly roger i think that's where sure. the the, the, the that particular one is called is called the Jolly Roger, mm-hmm. but yeah, you see it as something uplifting, and I see it as something that's the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's I, I I find that fascinating. And and stuff like this brings people like us together, and uh, and it's a good thing because I, I would that that's an interesting uh, uh, visual you put in my head the uh, the uh, the maple leaf. Um, the Canadian national flag having being the Jolly Roger instead that that is interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm also a hockey fan, so oh um, okay, I can't wait till they come back. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Um, Detroit Red Wings and uh, and the um, uh, Las Vegas uh, Golden Knights, but I always root in the Stanley Cups uh, in, in when the playoffs go. I always root for those two teams if they're not in it. Then I root for any Canadian team because oh, I'm well, all for Canada winning. That's that's good. That's that's great. Yeah. Awesome. We'll make you an honorary Canadian. So, you well, come I'm o- half come Canadian, anyways. Oh, you are, eh? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Moving from hockey, which is what we do, let's talk about uh, uh, your energy level. Uh, you know, do uh, moving from the podcast that you're doing now to uh, doing uh, daily podcast. You know, churning stuff out at a faster rate. Yeah. What do you? Uh, what What is your sweet spot? Well, I used to do a daily podcast, Poetic Earthlings. It started off with over four hundred episodes. I revamped everything, so it's going to be hard to find those four hundred episodes. I was I was doing it mon- Monday Monday to fr- actually every every single day, even including weekends all the time. It 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 could be a little bit of a burnout, especially if you want to put in. Uh, good content you want to attract a, a new audience or and you call you could also uh run run the risk of it just being something that you have to do it's an obligation so why mm. i i stopped doing daily episodes thankfully uh because of my wife who is right over there nice. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah because of her and and she she said york you're just going to burn yourself out it's not good you should you should reduce it i reduced it i reduced it to 3 episodes a week then mm-hmm. i reduced it to 2 and now it's one every every 2 weeks roughly about there but you you'll get more out of it when when you slow things down a little bit, you could put more creativity, more thought, more thought involved. You just have just have way, way more time. Mm-hmm. But I do I, I I enjoy listening to to other people's daily podcast. But but to but to commit uh, to making it a daily a daily show, it's that's just a little a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, unless Stephen King calls you up. Unless, Unless Stephen King calls you up <laughs> and gives yeah. you a lot of money, and I'm only taking five percent. Yeah. <laughs> now I, I agree with you. I, I do mine um, uh, pretty well every two weeks. Uh, that's my sweet spot, and that's kind of how I started off. I, I uh, I've always liked the once every two weeks because it gives me time to um, 
when I record an episode, I like to, okay, I'm done recording it. I want to leave it alone for about a day or two. I don't even want to think about it. And then I want to ease into it. I used to be of the type of person that I would write four or five poems a day. Oh, wow. But when I did that, yeah, like my first year of writing poetry like that, you know, I had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of poems. I couldn't recite any of them to you. None of them meant anything to me. I was just, I got to get four poems in every day, which is good to get the reps in. It's good to um, um, get into the style of, of writing poetry. Yeah. But then you learn, okay, now you can slow down and really rel- you know, you just relish the, uh, the words and really enjoy uh, what you're writing and be inspired by everything that's around you. Um, you, you know, it, you go around your day and uh, we have so many inputs into us um, yeah, for inspiration. And, uh, you know, just taking a walk outside, boom, there's a thousand inputs right there that you could take inspiration from if you chose to. Yeah, that's good. I, I used to write a poem. I, this was one year, the entire year, I wrote a poem every single day. Mm-hmm. That, was, uh, that, was, that, was a, that was challenging to do. I wouldn't mm-hmm. recommend it for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> there's, this, there's this lady that I reached out to on, on Twitter and she, she's been writing. I, I thought I was good by writing a poem every single day for a year. Uh, you know, I was patting myself on the back. You know, uh, I thought I was the the best thing ever, the best poet ever. But she has been writing the a poem every day for over for over ten years. So she's wow. she's nonstop. Every mm-hmm. day she she writes a poem. It's been over ten years now. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how she does it. She doesn't seem to be burnt out. Uh, you know, she's a she's an older lady, older older even older than you. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? Even older than you. So, so, but yeah. but she's she's uh, she's very kind. Uh, she and she sees that I probably is an obligation or as as a joy. But yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. But for for the most part, except for her, I guess we should we should we should take a break, and and allow other voices to come in, uh, positive voices and different things that we that we could be inspired by well york i i definitely want to thank you for uh popping on our show here on create art podcasts and everyone needs to go to poetic earthlings.com and york you're coming out with uh season number two yeah uh, that's right for, for this um so uh, I wouldn't be a fan if I didn't try to prod you a little bit and say, what can we expect in season two uh, that we didn't get in season one? Any huge changes? Are you going to change the yeah. name of the show or anything like that? Anything crazy like that going on? No. Well, I think th- what's going to happen on season two is going to get all the stories or some of the stories that you heard on season one. It's going to it's going to come full circle in season two. So, so the, so the certain, certain characters that you, that you've heard before, uh, they're going, you're going to hear them again, you, but you'll, but you'll hear them again from a different perspective. You don't necessarily have to, to, you don't necessarily have to keep all these characters in mind of the first season. It does. It, it is going to help, but it's going to move. It's going to move everything forward. I, I I really I really really look forward uh, uh, to this. Uh, it, so 
so just to give you kind of uh, uh, of a heads up on the on the last episode which was the season finale with these two people called Ted and Nimron it's a human data file 365 uh these are Ted and Nimron they're not human beings they're they are i guess if you will they made the entire universe they made everything on their computer and the whole first season and everything that you've experienced was all was all an experiment they were testing earthlings they were testing human beings at the end of the at the end of the last episode they unplugged the human the human data file the human data file is my show human data file 365 365 mm-hmm. but they unplugged the, the, they unplugged it they they thought that human beings were were uh, they they lacked the skills to evolve to move on to change because they were deleting each other and they were they were creating harm so so that's going to come back again where not necessarily where it left off but but certain elements of that story is going to come back mm-hmm. so and and other things as well it's it's so that's what you are going to expect from from season 2 a little bit of a surprise here. I like, I like to throw things for, for a loop, even in my show. Sure. Uh, I bought, hopefully this, hopefully this is your book. I bought your book. Uh, can you see that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I just bought it. I was, <laughs> I was, I was looking on, on your, on your website. Where is his books? I know, I know he talks about his books. I can't find it. And then I've, mm-hmm. I, I did, I did a search. So I, I look, I look, I look forward to reading two, two princesses, two princesses. By, mm-hmm. by Timothy Kimo Bryan, and I know that oh, you have yeah. a I know that you have a, a a couple of other books on on there as well. So yeah, I, I definitely look forward to this. Oh my gosh! Now I, I got to make a trip up to Ottawa as soon as they open up the borders, and I will sign that for you right on your phone there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> cool beans. Well, be thank great. you so much for that. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna get all you know. Oh, I'm gonna get all <laughs> flustered here. I'm all ah cool. Somebody yeah. else bought the book. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> How do you create more than you consume? And you can take that question however you want, take it wherever you want to go with it. But how do you create more than you consume? By constantly creating stories. By constantly writing things out, recording. Even when I'm watching a TV show or the news or anything like that of how I could make this into an, an art form. That's how I create more, more than I consume. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. York, everyone can go to uh, poeticearthlings.com. Is there any other website we need to be aware of uh, for people to uh, connect with you at? No, that's, that's the main website, poeticearthlings.com. And you could go on there, listen to the, listen to the first season. And and you could read a little bit about me as well in the about section. I don't mm-hmm. like about sections. <laughs> uh, I find them weird. And when and and when you when you go over to the about section, I talk about the about section. It's kind of meta, and and I talk about the reasons that I don't like talk, why I don't like the about section. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody may 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 read that and they may get told. They they, they may say, well, I'm not going to listen to York Show because I don't like the about section. I. I all art, you run a risk. <laughs> you run a mm-hmm. risk whenever, whenever you're, you're do, you do your art. You can't sanitize it too much. But that's true. so yeah. So dot com. That's the best way to. That's the best way to get to know me better. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well. 
uh, uh, at Poetic Earthling, where I got in contact with you. I do a little bit of Instagram, not much. I don't, I don't know my way around it. I, mm-hmm. I need a lot of help. I need to read a book about Instagram. <laughs> and the, the the way that I read a book about about Twitter, I, I read a book. I bought a book and I read it really really fast uh, mm-hmm. about Twitter, and I became uh, the Twitter the, the Twitter deity. Nice. <laughs> so uh, so I, I I need to read the same book about Instagram because I, it's it's a foreign country. People are doing crazy things and posting videos and and so I, a lot of different things there. But go go on my website poeticearthlings dot com. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Perfect. Thank you so much, York, for your your talk here today with us and sharing with us about your journey and about your creativity. And folks, if you want to get in uh, involved in this, you can uh, pop on over uh, to my website, createartpodcast.com, where I have an about me section that I'm working on. Um, not as awesome as York's, but uh, we're definitely working on it. And uh, we will definitely see you next time. So thank you so much for listening. Go out there and create more than you consume.